0: lane. 15-10. Touchdown, Chargers!
1: Hey everybody, welcome into a week one edition of Chargers Weekly. Year seven of the podcast commencing here. As always, joined by Matt Money-Smith. Buddy, all the speculation, all the talk about the draft, the combine, training camp, it's over. Uh, This is where uh, the meat of the podcast really starts against the Miami Dolphins week one. Um, I know you're prepping, you're getting ready for this, uh, this huge kickoff. Uh, your initial thoughts, my man.
0: I don't think we could ask for a, a better opponent in week one. You know, you, you think as we record this, it's it's Thursday morning. You got a heck of a Thursday nighter. Let's go Lions. You know, Lions Chiefs tonight. And this was I just think back to last year and remember this game was was back to back with San Francisco and it was coming off. They were just the Chargers were ravaged, ravaged by injury, and I remember walking the halls of Levi's Stadium. You know, there, there's just it's a giant press box at, at Levi's, and everybody to uh, an individual. Was talking about what a bloodbath this was going to be. This could end up being one of the worst Sunday night football games. The Chargers are absolutely decimated by injuries. The 49ers have been humming with Christian McCaffrey. You know, they look like an absolute buzzsaw that's going to make it to the Super Bowl. And then, of course, you know, the way it turned out, they got a lead at the half, they can't run the ball. Brilliant bit of defensive scheming by Brandon Staley, and unfortunately, you lose three defensive linemen in that game. You're down to three defensive linemen in that game, and ultimately, attrition took its toll. They lose. Well, then that carried over to the Miami game. Let's not forget. Then we're walking the halls of SoFi, and everybody's saying the same thing: Oh, another primetime game, bloodbath, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and it's going to be humiliating. They don't have anyone, and again. Brilliant bit of defensive scheming from Brandon Staley. Josh Sear Taylor comes up big. Herbert has a monster game. Uh, Tua has the worst game of his career, and the Chargers get out with a win. And I, I just I set that as the backdrop because I, f- I believe there is scar tissue there from these Dolphins. That this mm. is a very important game for them. That you know, for Mike McDaniel, who's supposed to be and and is I mean, legitimately a great play caller, a great offensive coach that there's some scar tissue there and they are going to come out, you know, with their hair on fire. And I have no doubt that the Chargers defense is like, "Hey, that wasn't a fluke. You know, we were all busted up last year, and that's what our defense should have looked like week in and week out, and we're going to prove it and set the tone for the league the rest of the season." So I absolutely love that this is our opener where you have two teams that are coming out swinging haymakers because they want to prove a point. And set the tone for the season in this first game.
1: If you guys remember, that was the game. I think Keenan and Mike came back, and that was really the the catalyst for getting to the postseason. The the, the game plan by Brandon Saley. And if you remember, I feel like that game could have gone another way had Alohi Gilman not gotten his fingertips on a football on the first play from scrimmage. It was it was going to be a yeah. short touchdown. Tyreek to kill bomb. kind of set the tone with with a big play from the beginning. I found it to be a curious game plan by the Miami Dolphins. I think they ran the ball maybe three times out of their first sixteen or seventeen plays. They were gung ho on on throwing the ball with Tua. It did not work out, and of course, you saw Keenan and Mike back with Justin. Justin threw for three hundred seventy-six yards, uh, one of his best games of his career. Um, but Brandon Staley said it, uh, I believe, on Wednesday, money that this is this is going to be a completely different ball game. Um, Completely different players. Yeah, uh, you got Vic Fangio now running the defense. You have Ronaldo Hill, who's over uh, with my, with Vic in, in Miami, and you know we we know that Ronaldo knows Brandon Staley, and, and vice versa. So there's going to be a chess match, especially I think at the beginning of this game. Brandon Staley made it very clear that they're going to have to adjust in game to what Vic does on defense, and of course, uh, Mike McDaniel and company have a blueprint of what Brandon Staley did last year. Um, so it, it's a fascinating matchup because these are two teams that I think have high expectations Super Bowl expectations and what uh, a statement win it could be for either team to start one or no against a team that you're probably going to have to have a tiebreaker against at some point once we get yeah. to January
0: that's a it's a great great point and I think you're already talking about it because of how stacked the AFC is yeah how big this game is from a tiebreaking standpoint the Dolphins are in a division that has been dominated by the Bills the last couple seasons, right? And they look to have the best stacked. You know, look, Miami top to bottom might be better in terms of entire roster construction. But when you got Josh Allen, that changes the calculus. So they're contending with the Bills for the division and might be thinking about that wild card. Of course, the Chargers have got to figure out a way to knock off the Chiefs who have dominated this division for five straight years uh and really what eight of the last 10 years so yep. you're you if you're talking about a wild card this is a big one uh a huge tiebreaker to have especially you know because it's a home game for the chargers you know you, you, it's tough to win on the road no matter who your opponent is it's very hard to go on the road and win because you know all things being equal you know, teams are pretty good turns out in the nfl and no matter what you think their record's going to be games rarely are blowouts so this is a big game from that standpoint you brought up the run. That, that that's why I think Coach Staley, when he was asked about, you know, what can you just do what you did last year? He's like, look, this is going to look different yeah. because you said it. They they barely ran the ball. This is a team. You know what was Mike McDaniel's? You know what was he? He was the special sauce in the run game for Kyle Shanahan. That's yeah. why I never want to let him go. And and you know. Turn him down for all those those OC and, and made him an OC so he wouldn't get snatched from him. So he comes out and he I think they ran the ball, what, 19 times in the entire game? You mentioned three times in the first three series. Uh, now, look, Brandon Staley did a great job, and, and the defense did a great job of shutting that run down. When they tried to run it, they did not have a lot going until the second half. But I do believe they're they're going to test this Chargers run defense and say, hey, this this is a team that has been – Bad against the run the last two seasons. Let's see if they fixed it. Let's see if it's really health or are there issues? Uh, are there, because the, the personnel's the same for the most part, will there continue to be underlying issues? It didn't make sense that, and, and we talked about this, I think it was either last week or the week before, right? Where every now and then you get a little bit of coaching hubris of, oh no, we're going we're gonna to make this about Tua and Herbert and, and we're going to see who outduels the other and, and we're going to prove a point. It's like, just go win the game. And I think. You're probably gonna see a lot of a lot of Mostert. Uh Wilson's no longer on the team. He was the better runner of the two in that first game. So it'll be interesting uh, to see if they adjust their attack and, and aren't so hellbent on proving that two that is every bit as good, you know, in prime time, that two is every bit as good as his quarterback rating suggested and what he was putting together up to that point. And I'm thankful that they did because, you know, Coach Staley was ready for him. The uh, the Charger defense was ready for him, and it's I just I I do think it'll look different. And you know what? That goes for the Chargers as well, Chris. You mentioned Keenan, who had 12 receptions in the game. It was probably Mike's Mike Williams' best game, right? It was the it was the most yards with a touchdown that he had. It was his highest yards per catch. I think it was nearly twenty yards per catch in that game. So when you had the two of them out there, you don't have Jalen Ramsey in this one. So, you know, that obviously is a benefit. And on top of that, you got um You got Austin Eckler who had a touchdown, but I think he only rushed for about three and a half per clip. So I think that's going to be a a different look as well with Kellen Moore. You're going to see a lot more uh, attention to the run. Rashawn Slay. I mean, we can go on forever of how much different this is going to look.
1: So I I think it starts with these coordinators, right? You have Kellen Moore and Vic Fangio enter the picture. They weren't in the picture in in week 14. What is this Kellen Moore offense going to look like money? I, I, I think fans want to believe that they're going to score 35 points on Sunday and win 35 to 31, whatever it is. Um, I, I think that we need to proceed with caution, especially early in the year. I, I remember last year uh, that loaded Cowboys offense, week one, Sunday night football, I think they scored three points. Uh, Dak Prescott got hurt uh, and you know uh, they got the train back on the tracks, but I, I don't know what to expect, honestly. Like I, I think we, we keep saying bombs away, bombs away. I do think you're gonna see a healthy dose of the running game. And I, I think like the deep X factors in this game are like those backup running backs, like Spiller and Kelly and uh, A-Chain, these two Texas A&M uh, young right. running backs. Like, how are they going to play a role in this game potentially? But I, I think for all the, the bombs away in, in the in the offense, like, are they going to score a ton of points? I think we need to maybe pump the brakes because we have no idea what it's going to look like and how long it's going to take. Uh, to really gel because keep in mind none of these starters played in the preseason I mean I mean really the the only thing that we have to go off of is practice and in a pair of joint practices against the New Orleans Saints so how is that going to factor into week one like how crisp are you really going to be how how crisp are you even possibly capable of being
0: I think the good news for the the Chargers is they've been practicing every day against what we think is going to be one of the best offenses in the league. So even though those starters didn't play in the preseason against, you know, for the most part depth players on on the opposing rosters, you know, we didn't see a lot of starters out there in in either of the contest in any three of the contests. So, you know, saw it for one drive with with the 49ers, so maybe you try to get the starters out there to get a look at that, but I don't think it would have made much of a difference. The key is that when you have when, you're, when your team is balanced, it makes such a big difference. When when you don't just have this explosive offense that's going to outscore teams and, and you're going to have to outscore them 35 to 28 because your defense is lacking a little bit. That's where you've poured all your resources. It makes it tough to practice and prepare for a dominant defense when you ultimately face one. Well, Chargers have domination on both sides of the ball. I mean, we, you know, we've talked about it. Just the, the players they have on the defensive line with Eric Kendricks now at linebacker. My goodness, you want to talk about Named a captain. You listen to the other players. You know, um, we talked to Joey Bosa yesterday on the radio show, Petros and Money, and, like, just listening to him talk about Eric Hendricks and how big of a difference he believes that's going to make. He's like, just the the communication, the way he's got to set up. He's like, the defense is so dependent upon each other especially when you start to get to the back end he's like he goes this is going to be a big deal to have him back there and how that feels so I think to be able to practice against that as good in this Miami defense I mean especially if, if Jalen was out there instead of Eli Apple you know this is going to be one of the best defenses they face all season yeah. uh, I truly believe that 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 Jalen Phillips has got a chance to be the defensive player of the year. I, I think he is that good. You look at when I was putting the when I was putting my boards together. I want to pull it up because I don't want to shortchange him. Uh, I went, you know, and, and obviously everybody pays attention to sacks. And last year he had seven sacks, which led the Dolphins. He had 25 quarterback hits, which led the Dolphins. Guy had 84 pressures. 84 pressures. And remember, they only had seven or eight games with Bradley Chubb. And in those eight games, the guy had 32 pressures. So you're talking about those two guys on the edge. And on top of that, right in the middle of that line, you got Christian Wilkins, who's one of the most sound, tackling, just mess, an absolute nightmare to contend with on the defensive line. So that's, you know, that's what we're talking about. And to be able to practice against Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, that's going to go a long way when now you've got to contend with Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips.
1: Few guys that were not in that game for the Chargers, Rashawn Slater. You know, to have right. Rashawn Slater back in the mix when you have Chubb and Phillips coming at you every snap is is a welcome sight for Justin Herbert. Joey Bosa was not in that game. I mean, you, you and I have talked repeatedly about uh, a big reason why the run defense was so leaky was because number 97 wasn't out there uh, and just his, his presence in the running game. And I think perhaps maybe the, the biggest X factor and kind of question mark is J.C. Jackson. Sounds like he's going right. to play in this game money. And and it, how is he going it's to – It's up win? to him he is, right? <laughs> it's, it, and, and he's not on the injury report. They, I think if you look at the injury report, Teron Armstead has, like, the injury report of someone like myself, like who wakes up, has, like, three different injuries. Right. I think he has got, like, right. a, an ankle, a knee, you know. But uh, what's his name? Uh, Mike McDaniel said that he he could potentially still play in the game. Um, but J.C. Jackson, to me, let, let's just go, let's go back to him because um, – we know how last year started. Didn't have him for a majority of the year. I think we were pleasantly surprised to see him practicing right at the beginning of training camp after such a tough knee injury. Um, he, he says he's going to go, and I think Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell will probably test him early. No doubt. And we will see how it all shakes out.
0: No doubt. And look, he's with, with the way that they played this team last year. You know, JC, when healthy, is one of the best press man corners in the league. So yeah. that's how Brandon Staley wants to play. He wants to disrupt the timing of this offense, and that's how they were able to take advantage of it and force two into a ten of twenty-eight evening uh, in that contest. So if he's if he's full go and if he is a hundred percent, that is a huge. I mean, just a monster addition for this Chargers defense because that's what this that's what this thing was. Everybody was so afraid of you know explosive plays from. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, two of the fastest guys in the league, too, is an incredibly accurate quarterback. It's hitting them right in stride that they just wanted to keep the top on that defense, and by doing so, created all this space in the middle for those guys to to catch and run. And now all of a sudden, you've got to make sure you're taking the right angle or they are off to the races, and that happened far too often. When you have the ability and you have the physicality of corners like Mikey Davis, you know, I I think people forget how big – you know mikey is that you know you don't it's that's the thing about football it's not like it's not like basketball it's not like baseball where you're naked to the world you know you've got pads on you've got helmets on you're you're around very large human beings and you know when when mikey's standing next to joey bosa or austin johnson and you're like oh yeah he's not that big no he's he's a legit six foot two 200 pounds He's big, and so to have him on one side and J.C. on the other, and even Jassir or Asante, whomever's going to be out there, they're physical guys, you know, that can bust you up off the line of scrimmage, and now you don't have to worry about sacrificing one side of the field versus the other. Okay, do we want – you know, where do we want to put Jassir? Is he on Waddle? Is he going to be – you know, is, are we going to put Mikey in there? or is J- You may see J.C. in there. You very well may see – that may be a little wrinkle that we see, and you put J.C. Jackson in the slot on Waddle or Hill – and have Asante on the outside with Mikey. That that's something that's possible if JC is healthy, and that's going to help with those three by one formations that McDaniel likes to use so much. And on that inside of that three, that three player side is Tyreek Hill running that quick slant, and they're trying to get it popped, and that's where you get that that you know that pressure to knock the timing off uh, on that. So it's going to be. If JC can go, it's going to be a lot of fun because I think there's a lot of things that Brandon Staley can then do with how he wants to move these pieces around, including Derwin. You very well may see Derwin right in there, opposite Tyreek, or you know, or, or Jalen, just to really give them a pop with with that size to see if they can recover from that. And if two, you know, and by the time they do, is two now? Is his timing so far off that now there's Bosa, there's Morgan Fox, there's Thule, you know, Khalil Mack, all in the backfield ready to make those sacks? Because I think. Do you remember what it was with uh, how many times Tua got sacked in that game? I can't quite remember it off the top of my head, but I, I feel like he got pressured a lot. I think he got sacked a couple times. So uh, Sacked twice, twice for 18 yards, but it, he was just under pressure the whole game.
1: So what I love about week one is that, you know, there's wrinkles that we, we're not going to talk about that we're going to see. I, I remember week one against the Raiders, seeing Derwin and, and Mack – lined up on the same side and just wreaking havoc against Derek Carr. We're going to see things like that, and I I think that the fact that there's not a lot of turnover on the defense, save for Kendricks and then adding a guy like Thule, this defense, this unit is very comfortable with what they did last year, and I think they're going to gel even nicer in 2023. Let's take a quick break, and I want to dig into Justin a little bit as as he kind of embarks on a, a new chapter of his career with Kellen Moore. Hey Chargers fans, you want to eat? Uber Eats now available for in-stadium pickup. Order all of your stadium favorites from your seat with the Uber Eats app. Just set your location to SoFi Stadium, select your favorites, and you'll receive a notification when your order is ready for pickup. There's so many mouth-watering options at SoFi. Let the stadium rumble, not your stomach. Go Chargers. So, money this offense with Kellen Moore, a lot of the same personnel. Um, One of the things... I'm looking at early in the year, especially is Justin Herbert in his rushing ability. And if they're going to use his legs in this offense. And I, I go back to the first two years of his career. He had eight total touchdowns on the ground. He averaged 4.3 yards of carry in year one, 4.8 in year two. Um, last year, we know why he didn't run, right? No touchdowns, right. 147 yards on the ground, just 2.7 yards per clip that was part of the offense that they just couldn't use. And, you know, we've talked about the Pittsburgh game a couple of years ago and how his legs were a big reason why they beat the Steelers. Um, Justin as a threat to run, I think, could be a very nice wrinkle in this offense. And I'm just wondering if they're going to use it, if that's going to be something that they actually intentionally do, and Justin is just smart about getting out of bounds or getting down when he needs to.
0: I would expect him to. Remember last year in this game, it, it was one of his biggest runs of the season on that eight-and-a-half-minute game-clinching drive with the field goal that put him up nine, right? Uh, it was a third down, and he took off and picked up those 10 yards because they cleared it out. I think that's probably more likely what you'll see as opposed to design quarterback runs. Now, Kellen Moore you know, feels like he's catching the defense sleeping and flat-footed and recognizes something, you know, I could imagine, like the way the way that I've interpreted this thing's going to go, I, I think we brought this up last week, I don't mean to repeat myself, but is you're going to have, they, they want to play with tempo, you're going to have four or five plays, you're going to have a couple check with me's, and they want to roll, and so if if Justin's got that in that bundle of plays, and it's, you know, and, and we've, we've said it, you know how smart he is. If he sees it, then you'll see that designed run, and he'll take it and get down. Because we saw that with Dak, right? Dak, there was a lot of you know quarterback run with Dak, and it, you know one of the reasons why it was top five offense year in and year out because you sleep on that. That's like that's how you make it even, right? It's eleven versus eleven. Now you've got to count for the quarterback taking off, and that makes a big difference in what you ask a defense to do to slow you down. Um, you mentioned Josh Palmer. I think the thing about The defense, I should say. The thing, the thing about the offense this year, it's not just getting Slater back. It's, you know, whenever you talk to offensive line coaches, they tell you it's five fingers on a glove, right? And they've all got to work together. That's what the offensive line is. If one of those fingers is gone, you know, it just kind of it eliminates what you're trying to accomplish. I, you know, and this is me stealing from DJ a little bit because he's the one that pointed it out to me. But man, I I have not been able to take my eyes off Zion all preseason it's going to be a big year for him. I mean a big year. And to me that side and and I again, love Jamari and Trey, that's it's this has a chance to be the best offensive line in the league. I really believe that with that left with from Corey to Zion to Slater, I think that left side of the line is going to be able to do some incredible work and just serious damage. You're talking about protecting Justin's blind side while he's dropping back to wait for those downfield routes to develop and that was something and I give him credit uh, in the in the presser on Wednesday. He's not – and he's not a jerk like I am. He's not taking shots at anybody on their way out the door. But he's like, you know, you got to remember, I, those shot plays were there, but just circumstances and, and how the offense was running and what we were doing, it's – you know, that's, that's the only reason why those perhaps didn't come together. But they were there. And so I think now – now they're there, and you got the protection – and you've got a healthy receiving core, and you know, and 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 Austin Eckler is coming off of 38 touchdowns the last two seasons, so the defense is no doubt going to be spying him the whole time, and like it's it's all in week one. It's all there for the taking. Yeah. Everybody's healthy. It is all there for the taking. And I, I mean, we didn't even mention you know Q and and what we might see. From just those quick slants that he was so effective at at TCU, getting the ball in his hands, you know, five yards, just a quick in, and he's gone like that. That's that's another element that we have that we just don't have or we didn't have on this offense in previous seasons. That guy, that's you know, the Tyree kill, the Jalen Waddle, just quick cut and go. And that's I'm anxious to see how that gets worked into this whole thing. How about
1: Gerald Everett? I mean, I mean right. – he's totally forgotten about because you know the, the first four wide receivers that we mentioned is Keenan, mike palmer and, and quinton and, and how are they going to deploy austin you know <clears throat> austin had all these dump offs last year because they had nobody that could get the ball down the field um how is austin going to look because we haven't seen him in a preseason game with kellen moore uh, is he going to be more efficient with his touches are they going to uh, use kelly Moore as a runner and and austin as kind of a, a joker all around the field i mean th- there's so many questions that we're going to get some answers to on Sunday. And the test uh, being this Dolphins defense that you mentioned, how do you think this this Vic Fangio, Brandon, Staley familiarity with each other yeah. is going to play out throughout the course of the game? I, I think it's all about adjustments. Uh, they know each other like the back of their hand. And, and you know, obviously Vic has different personnel, say for Bradley Chubb, than, than he had in Denver. Um, but a, a lot of really good players, you talk about Jalen Phillips maybe being the best.
0: I think let's just go back to, to 2021, right? And and what do you have when you look at those Bronco games? You know, that now All the games. second one, they smoked them, right? 34-13, but they lost 28-13. You go back to 2020 and, you know, and and you lose 31. To, well, they score 30 in that one, uh, but then they win 19-16. to The point I'm getting, like, to me, Vic Fangio does a really good job uh, against – against the Chargers against Justin you know who's again he got him a couple times but and and that's nothing against it's not t- ding and herbert at all it's just Vic is Vic Fangio's a really good defensive coordinator there's going to be a it's a serious chess match and i'm certainly happy that the guy taking snaps for the Chargers is one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league that just so happens to be the most physically gifted as well like that's that's the sort of thing you need to be able to overcome not only you know Vic Fangio coordinating it but I don't want to make it a name salad, but as I said, Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips, Christian Wilkins, you know, Raquan Davis is your nose tackle, big 350 pounder. Even Zach Seeler has been really good on the interior of that line, getting push. Xavier Howard, we know has led the league in interceptions before, you, you know, Javon Holland, former Morgan. teammate of Herbert's, one of the best young safeties in the league. This thing is, this is a really good roster defensively that Vic, gets to work with and we saw what he was able to do in denver just didn't have a quarterback to balance it out and and ultimately you know the defense would get worn out from being on the field too long so now he's got an offense that can hum he's got a defense that's super talented it's gonna be a challenge like this is this is this is gonna be a really tough game to win it's gonna be a really good competitive game these are two of the most talented rosters in the league and I would not suspect to see anything but a, a brawl a freaking street fight between these two teams
1: I hate to be like prisoner of the moment here but we, I, we we have the ability to look ahead these guys are focused on Miami but you know you look at the importance of this game next the next week you got to go to Tennessee against Mike Vrabel a Mike Vrabel coach team on the road huh. the week after Always that it's great you got to go to Minnesota it's never easy to beat the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota, they won
0: 13 games last year.
1: Then you come back for the Raiders, so you know this is a this is a huge game. I'm not saying it's must win because it's Week One, and you know right. any, anybody can say that. But the fact that it's against an opponent that you expect to be competing with for a playoff spot, uh, that's a big deal. It's at home, that's a big deal. You got to go on the road right. against the Tennessee Titans. So I think everybody's kind of writing off because of what happened last year. They were decimated by injuries, like. Malik Willis was in the game uh, for the Titans when the when the Chargers beat them at SoFi Stadium last year, and they barely right. beat them. It, it took a Mike Williams right. miracle catch to get him in field goal range to win it. So, I I just I don't want to be like, hey man, you have to win this game. But this is this is a big deal to start the year one and zero. Um, there's going to be you know all in is is I think drops today. We're taping this on a Thursday. Today. They're gonna have everything that happened at, at the end of last year at that Jacksonville game. And you can see on the faces of the players and coaches what that night meant to them and uh what this season means to them because of the experiences that they went through last year. So this is a this is definitely a bounce back opportunity right at the beginning of the year, uh to to show that hey, you know, we're we're past what happened in Jacksonville, we're focused on twenty twenty three and we're going to beat a good opponent at home
0: to show you the, it's a great point because we know that it dogs them they don't like hearing about it it was you know almost it was eight months ago they're sick of talking about 27 nothing uh, but it happened and it's going to be talked about as it's being talked about on every single 2023 preview show no matter what channel you're watching it on, when the Chargers come up, the first thing that is discussed is they blew a 27 nothing lead in the playoffs, and that's how their season ended. You know, that's the year before they lost to the Raiders in Week 18. Winner punches their ticket into the playoffs, and the Chargers. There is no better way to stop that conversation than by you know beating a team that a lot of people are picking to make the playoffs. Many people are picking them to win the division. Some people are picking them to go to the Super Bowl. They think it's that talented of a team. So you set the tone in week one with a victory. I don't care if it's by one point or if it's by 100. You, you set the tone with a win. And that way, now people are talking about, well, this was, this was a showdown between two teams that we could totally see contending for their division or winning the wild card. And now the Chargers have the win and the tiebreaker against Miami. That gives them a huge leg up. Uh, in the AFC. That's that's the quickest way to end the conversation. Uh, it's been... Uh, you know, we've been around Derwin long enough to know he's one of the best, one of the best interviews on the team. There's oh, yeah. an energy. He loves talking. I don't know if you've noticed. He's been different this preseason. He's been very short with his answers. Everything is very stock. We just got to get out there and play. We know what we got to do. It's been a completely different Derwin James. You can see just that pinpoint focus that he has got on this game because he doesn't I can tell like it's I'm not trying to play amateur psychologist here but it's almost like he's uncomfortable puffing his chest out because of how it ended last year and how last season went like he is not his typical big swagger you know I'm like he's different it's just if you go and look at I wish I could pull it up uh, or if we if, if we had the sound, I would I would share it with you. But like when you when you here we go, I'll just kind of give you an idea. Here's the transcript. So here is uh, Derwin. I'm looking. He has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 questions were asked of him in this presser. One. Two of them are more than one sentence answers answers. Two out of 16 questions. Two of them. How do you feel? Healthy and ready to go. Preparing for Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Hard to simulate the speed. Guys on our team been giving us great looks. Beginning a new season. Just looking to start it fresh. That was last season. I, you know, like it's just on beating Miami last season. That was last season. They're ready to play this game. Like you can tell. You can t- when you have someone that has that type of talent and you just see that. You're like, oh man, this dude. Not that he doesn't always come out ready to play, uh, you know, 100%, but I don't mean to keep repeating myself with this same point. I'm not used to seeing that from him. I'm used to seeing him smiling and having a great time with the media, and that has not been Derwin this preseason.
1: I smile because he sets the tone, I think, for the entire team. You know, you go around the the league money, and everyone has like eight, nine, ten captains, the captains on this team, really, I, I, in my opinion, is Justin Herbert and Derwin James. Derwin James, I think, kind of sets the tone for the entire 53-man roster. Um, I think even with Brandon Staley, I think that he's been a little bit more matter-of-fact this year in, in some of his answers. Because these guys are sick of talking about it. And I think you know a lot of it was media-driven last year. You know, Super Bowl or bust – Look at all these new additions, Khalil Mack, all all these different guys that they got uh, that Brandon Staley had coached in the past that that are going to help J.C. Jackson. um, This year, it's more just, all right, you know what, just show me. Show me on the field. I I don't want to talk about going to the playoffs. I don't want to talk about winning the division. I don't want to talk about going to the Super Bowl. Uh, We have all the talent in the world. We have maybe the most talented roster in football You know, if you're just looking at the starters. Right. I mean, there's there's a handful of teams that I think can say that they have arguably one of the most talented rosters of football. The Chargers are one of them. Um, they don't want to sure. talk about it anymore. And I don't think fans want them to talk about it anymore. They want to see it. They want to see it starting week one. And I love the fact that Darwin James is setting the tone in this way, you know, because frankly, I don't need to hear. We don't need to hear any cliche answers or we don't need to hear anything uh, beyond let's just go win a football game. Um, and I agree with you, Money. I, I've noticed that difference in Derwin. I think it's a good thing. And I think if Derwin is acting like that, you best believe that that's permeating through the locker room because he sets the tone for the entire organization, in my opinion.
0: I no doubt. There's, you know, the, 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 the Chargers have had it both ways, right, uh, in, in the media, particularly in social media, which is what players tend to see because they're all on it you know yeah. they don't have to turn on uh, they don't have to turn on ESPN, they don't have to turn on Fox Sports 1, they don't have to turn on, you know, channel 2 to watch you and Jim talking about it like that. That's a destination. It's already in front of them on social media because they're on it. It's a way for them to expand their their personalities and make money and expand their brand and do all of that. So they see it. And the Chargers have been both a social media darling and a social media punching bag. It's been both things, you know, mm-hmm. and and I to me the you know one of the things about being anointed that team and I felt like they were last season last season in the preseason after they made the signings you know what Brandon Staley's got his pieces now here's JC Jackson they got Sebastian Joseph Day in Austin there's the middle of that line that they needed that wasn't there last year and a lot of people picked him to win the Super Bowl and or to dethrone the Chiefs for the first time and when it didn't happen they get upset People take that personally, as though like somehow the Chargers did them wrong some way, and now they have to pay. So now, of course, they become the punching bag. And you know the twenty-seven nothing collapse in the postseason; those players have seen it. They can't get away from it. I would imagine any time they post something, if they dare get in their mentions, there's hundreds of twenty-seven nothing choker, Charger, and like that's what they have to see. So because you know. God knows I see it, I, you know, and I, yeah. I, I'm a nobody, you know, but if I get into my mentions, that's all I get. If I post anything about the Chargers, I got to wear that. And I'm I'm not on the field. I'm just a guy that calls the games, you know, <laughs> so I can only imagine what it's like for them. Um, and I think that's why you're seeing this very, like think about the stuff Joey's talking about. Like he's, again, one of the, and we, like I said, we talked to him yesterday and, and he was still his great, quick-witted, light-hearted, self but it was a matter of factness to him and you listen to the way he talks I don't want you know and he brought this up with us yesterday and, and we've heard it throughout the preseason it's my eighth year you're young and you think it's going to be easy and you're going to make five Super Bowl he goes this is my eighth year I got to get to I got to get to and win a Super Bowl I got these guys around me that I believe you know that we all believe in each other we owe it to each other you know, talked about bulking up. How he needs to be better against the run. How he needs to set that edge. He's talking about playing the wide nine and just not quite being comfortable when it first started. And how he's adjusted. And how he needs to get, you know, that hand in the dirt a little bit more as opposed to you know being in a two-point stance all the time. Like he's, again, these these superstars, they just, they sound different. Yeah. They sound different. It feels different going into this season.
1: The thing, too, Money, is that it's not just like one guy who can change this narrative. It has to be everybody. And, and I think that's what Derwin is, I think, preaching is that, you know, if, if we're going to change the narrative, if we're going to erase what happened last year, we all have to do it together. It, it can't just be me. It can't just be right. Justin. Uh, it can't just be Khalil. You know, you don't think Joey's a little upset how his season ended in Jacksonville well, yeah, last exactly. year? Yeah, you know, everything that happened in the game, but also not being around. He, he's talked repeatedly about how he felt like, you know, he, he didn't want to le- let Khalil Mack down. And, you know, it, how important it is to him to pair up with Khalil and live up to the potential and the expectations that were set when Khalil was traded here. So there's a, there's a chip on everybody's shoulder, and I think there's a collective one with how things ended. And I think you look at the personal... In uh, individual guys in their career, Joey talking about, hey, you know what? It's time for me to win now. It's time for me to get to a Super Bowl and win it. Uh, Derwin, he's he's been an All-Pro, he's been a Pro Bowler, he's the best safety in football. We know that he needs more now. Uh, Brandon Staley, you you win nine games your first year, ten your second. What now? Right? Time to go. Time to win a division. Time to get to a Super Bowl. Justin Herbert, you have got a ton of money. Uh, you're regarded as a, a top five quarterback in the league. Time to win. Everybody has something. Austin Eckler, you didn't get the money you wanted. You deserved it. Go prove that you deserve it for 2024. Everybody's got a story. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, I can go on and on. Uh, Guys who were injured, Rashawn Slater. Um, You don't think Rashawn has something to prove this year? People forgot about him like he wasn't the best left tackle in football because he missed most of last year. So everybody has their own personal thing that they are, are trying to achieve this year. But I think the collective... And really with the fan base money, I think the the biggest thing that I get from the fans is they're sick of hearing about it. They just want to see this team win and compete. And the fans are excited because they have a new offensive coordinator, they got a ton of personnel on offense that, that has the potential to be very explosive, and football is back. So I, I'm just I'm excited because the season's back, but also you see all the, the, the personal reasons why these guys are ticked off and ready to go in twenty twenty
0: three. So yeah, and look, I think to to get beyond the, you know, attitude and the approach and, and get into the, okay, that's, yeah, yeah, they, everybody wants to win, right? Like yeah. all these teams want to win and, they, they, you know, they're all going to come in feeling that way. I think in terms of just the game and how they win, you know, one of the interesting things, I, I, I want to make sure I give credit to the right. I, I feel like it was Popper that did the article on The Athletic about the defense um the last couple days and if it wasn't, I apologize to whoever it might have been but they talked to Sebastian Joseph Day and kind of about being in this this defense again and he made a point that that I've been making and I sound like an apologist and it's not it's it's not me being an apologist it's me pointing out the reason why this defense is not, lived up to expectations is because of explosives it's not that they get gashed play in and play out for six yards and eight yards and six yards and five yards against the run that's not what it is it's and i i think it was sebastian joseph day that mentioned it it's those 60 yard run against Houston, it's Mm. those plays that would lead that led to this run defense being ranked where it was. And look, you can't have those plays. That's how you lose games. I mean, you're giving up touchdowns on 60-yard runs. I'm not saying that the run defense is better than advertised because, you know, playing and play out, they're stopping the run and they are putting teams into some third and longs. Well, that wasn't happening toward you know that wasn't happening as much last year because of the injuries, Uh, specifically to Joey, when teams just started running at Kyle Van Noy relentlessly. And he was being asked to play a position that he wasn't comfortable playing. And it took him five, six, eight weeks to figure it out before he was able to set that edge to become a pass rusher. And we remember kind of that switch with Kyle and how much better he became when they went on that four-game win streak yeah. uh, toward the end of the season. So I think it's important to put everything in context. And I and I, I feel like that's that's what I'm most excited to watch is we're going to look at a defensive line that is – Mac Johnson, Joseph, DeBosa. Bosa. We're going to look at a linebacking duo that's Kendricks and Kenneth Murray, and we are going to look at, hopefully, J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel, and Mikey Davis as your corners, and Alohi and Derwin as your safeties. That's what's going to be out there. That's what's supposed to be out there. Those are guys that have been in this defense now long enough to be comfortable with save Eric Kendricks, who, by all accounts listening, as I said earlier in the pod, to the defensive players, everybody's very excited about being the leader, you know, communication-wise and getting it set up of this defense to make sure everybody is in their right spots. And I'm not going to say any names, but there were missed assignments last year. There were just, there were missed assignments and that's how you end up with explosives. Bad angles, forgetting, oh, that's right, he's handing off to me, this is my job. There's a lot of that on the back end of this defense. And it just... It would get away from him last year, or when Joey went down, attacking that edge, that wasn't Khalil Mack. That and, and, you know, how much we hear how much better Kenneth Murray is this year, and how much more comfortable he is with Eric Kendricks next to him, getting him set up. There was a lot of that in that run game, where you're you're not quite where you're supposed to be, and that's how these things get away. It's what, you know, it's one of the things that that Joseph they talked about in that article. He's like this you everybody's he goes here's the thing about this defense it's everybody's got to be on the same page and when they are it's music it's beautiful but it's it's harder to do but if you can do it that's how you end up as the number one defense in the league like they were with brandon staley coordinating the rams um, and that's what they're looking forward to proving they can do this year
1: danny mark sent this to me uh brandon staley's three and oh in week one games as a head coach and a coordinator. So that bodes well. And uh, right, th- there's a lot of, lot of great games. I think this is one of the marquee games money. Uh, let's, let's end it here. Uh, what do you think will decide this game? Not knowing anything.
0: <laughs> to me, it's defense. It's, it's exactly what I just mentioned. It's preventing explosive plays, which against this particular team with Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill is not easy to do but I not
1: did nothing in the game last year too, by the way.
0: Right. Two catches, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, and Tyree kill, of course, had the fumble return. He then had a touchdown in the second half as well, but, um, and he should have had one on the first play that two have missed or that, uh, two have missed him. But also, like you said, a little, he got his fingertips on it. Um, I do think that, that this will be a, def- that if the defense plays how we believe it can play, they'll win the game. I, yeah. I, I have full faith that the offense is going to be able to, to, to get something that is I think the offense is gonna hum I really do believe that uh, to me it's more of a and well see now I say that and I forget about Vic Fangio and just how good he is um, but yeah I think I still think I give you know I, I still I still have that faith in in Justin to Justin Herbert and that offense to overcome even as good as Vic Fangio is and as talented as the players are that he's putting out there I I think the offense is going to score points to me it's it's defense that's no. what it'll probably come down to
1: and I think it's gonna be a you know we talk about the myth of halftime adjustments but just adjustments throughout the course of the game um, especially in week one because you know these both both teams have months to prepare for this so you you don't right. know how somebody's gonna come out I think adjustments and then also uh, you know we talked about this months ago but some of the things that that plague the Chargers getting off to a fast start uh, the the slow starts in the third quarter um, I, I want to see how those things change in 2023. With That's Kellen a Warfall great one, Chris. Chris. You know, because th- that was something that just really, th- this team was behind the eight ball so many times in the first quarter and then so slow to start a second half. So, you know, if you score, let's say you score 17 points in the in, in the second quarter, can you sustain that in the second half? and and keep your foot on the gas. That that was the thing that I think really plagued this team last year is just the inopportune, slow starts in the second half or or allowing your opponent to get up 10 to nothing. I remember Atlanta, you know, they they ended up winning that game, but going down 10 nothing, not really having the ball in the first quarter, kind of setting the tone and putting the game on your terms.
0: It's a great point. And it's it's funny you chose that path, right, the the Atlanta, because I think, I'm thinking the opposite. Like you're blowing out Houston, and you let them get back into the game. You're That's up ten nothing on Kansas City, and you let them get back into the game. You are absolutely throttling the Dolphins, and yet you let them get back into the game. You got to make sure you recover an onside kick and win the game by six. Like they gotta, they gotta have that killer instinct. Foot on the throat. We're up twenty-seven nothing on Jacksonville, and guess what? At the end of this game, it's gonna be fifty to nothing you know it's not hang on hang on it's you know continuing to just get after it and continuing to to stay aggressive not play the clock play the opponent and just keep doing what got you that lead in the first place and have that that's a great one that's win the third quarter win the third quarter because yeah. we you know mm-hmm. that's just win win the third quarter because they've had way too many leads at the half that end up leading to losses. So go out there, win the third quarter. It's great. It's a great one.
1: I think we've exhausted this thing, man. Um, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for this season. Um, Always excited doing this podcast with you. Uh, We'll have you cover next week, uh, recapping this game and looking forward to Tennessee. But in the meantime,
0: uh, I got a quick plug, Chris, before you, uh, before you lock it out, I forgot. So we're posting this on Thursday Lorenzo Neal and I, uh, the great Charger fullback that blew open all those holes for Lydaney and Tomlinson, uh, we will be on Bally's West, I believe, moving forward. It's on tonight, at Thursday night. The, the time nice. may move because a lot of it will depend on uh, Angels baseball and live events and things like that that might be on Bally's. But I believe it's right around 10 p.m. Uh, we're going to do a half hour every week, uh, and it'll replay through the course of the weekend going into the game. But half hour, it's Believe Chargers with Lorenzo Neal this week. Um, Brandon Staley going to join us. So you get the head coach talking a little bit of ball on uh, on Valley's West there. So if you Beautiful. have time, be sure to uh, to check that out.
1: Beautiful. Hopefully we get Lo Neal on this podcast throughout the course of the season. Too. Yeah, he mentioned he wanted
0: to. So uh, so for sure, it'd be great to have him moving forward.
1: Yeah, no doubt. All right, guys. Uh, for Money, I'm Chris. This has been Chargers Weekly. Enjoy the game on Sunday.